everyone, and welcome to this month's episode of the Multiversity Manga Club. I am your host, Emily, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Walter and Zach. What's up, guys? It's Kingdom Hearts Eve. Yes, at the time that we (laughs) record this, it is not yet out. By the time it goes live, it will be out, and possibly by that point, Zach will have played it all. The whole thing. (laughs) I have not pre-ordered it or anything, but... um... I do sort of plan on if I go to the store tomorrow, I pass a GameStop on the way and I might go in and see if they have any <laughs> copies. I kind of definitely have some. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't really pre ordered a game since. Oh, wait, no, I pre ordered Persona 5. Never mind. <laughs> and I was actually able to pick it up the night before, so that was kind of cool. I don't know. I think, it dep- I think it's like store to store based on if they do like the day before release kind of stuff so yeah yeah i actually i think i pre-ordered that as well because i got the um the special edition the the, box set thing um which was very nice what comes with it it actually had a lot of stuff with it well are you talking about kingdom hearts or persona kingdom hearts kingdom hearts oh yeah the kingdom hearts one i think is like a steel box and it has an art book and maybe something else i can't remember um yeah yeah persona, persona 5, 5 one was like very too. good it was yeah. it was like ridiculous <laughs> right it was it was pretty decked out it had like a small it didn't have a huge art book but it had kind of a good amount of concept art and um it came with the soundtrack and a couple other yeah, like small things that I didn't really with, like, a bag. The, yeah, the Shujin Academy bag, which was oh yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty wild. Sweet. Um, yeah. And once again, we are Multiversity's uh, video game pre-order <laughs> podcast, JRPGs, etc. Yeah. Well, um, before we actually get into the manga, the uh, book club choice for this month, uh, we wanted to talk about the iTunes review we got. Um, I think we got it right before we recorded our last episode. But it's by someone named Funnies Man, and um, they gave us three stars. Uh, They said they liked our content, but that our audio was pretty bad. And yeah, if they were listening to our earlier episodes, um, I know I at least was recording on my my laptop. um, And that probably, just from the built-in mic, and that probably wasn't great. And even though now I have like a, we have like a better recording setup, I probably should sit closer to the mic. So I'm going to try to do that. Uh, I don't think that's <laughs> a problem. <laughs> and then, then I'll probably, people will complain because I'll be talking too loud. Funniest man, you spelled regularly wrong in your review. So don't criticize what we do. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it's cool. No, we, we would, we appreciate all feedback. You're um, the fan of the week. Funniest you man. are. You, you are. are the- you're our number one fan, actually. <laughs> Yep. Only person who's left a review. So even though it was only three stars, you've given the best review. You've also given the worst review. (laughs) But it's the only one we have. So we love it. Simultaneously our favorite and our least favorite fan. So yeah, let's let's um, jump into our book club pick, which was mine. And it was Golden Kamui by Satoru Noda. We read the first three volumes, which I was a little worried would be too much when I first picked it because I saw how long they were and I was like, oh no, this might be a lot. Were they longer than normal? No, they weren't actually. Okay. But I mean, I guess it had been a while since we'd 
read something like this, I guess, like kind of more, I, I was assuming it was going to be like heavier in certain ways. It, it was, it I mean, wasn't, content it wasn't wise. denser. No, it wasn't really denser. Um, it was actually a pretty quick read for me. Um, just to, uh, quickly sum up though, um, what we read covered, yeah, the first three volumes worth of, um, this manga, and we follow the story of this guy, Sugimoto, who's a veteran of the Russo-Japanese War, who hears about this story about um, hidden treasure, hidden Ainu treasure, the uh, indigenous people of Japan, who had gathered this gold and, and um, hidden it somewhere in the snowy wilderness of Japan. And the way to find this treasure was tattooed onto the backs of these prisoners that Sugimoto was trying to find and subsequently use them to to locate these riches and mostly mostly he's Sukimoto is is um trying to help his his dead comrade's uh wife um but he runs into this Ainu girl named Aserpa who is mostly looking for the gold to avenge her father and um crazy violent uh things ensue mostly in, uh involving bears in the forest a lot of bears <laughs> a, lot, a lot of bears some wolves but one wolf. Just the one, right? Uh, yeah, well... Yeah, Asirpa has a wolf. Wolf, yeah. Um, she, well, she kind of has a wolf. I forget exactly the details, but she kind of sort of raised it, and then it, it just kind of... It lives near the village, and it, it kind of stays around her, I guess, but it doesn't yeah, it's stay like, with her all the like time. It's like half domestic. Yeah, half domestic. It doesn't stay with her like a dog or anything. Right. Um, More like a barn cat than a house cat. Yeah. So this was... I mean, I was expecting this to be um, mature in content. This is pretty brutal, you guys. <laughs> this had some of the rawest, bloodiest stuff I've seen in a while. And I mean, I know we read Vinland Saga and Berserk. And I mean, volume-wise, I think those had more gore, for sure. I mean, Berserk definitely did. Yeah. But there was like a, there was one scene in particular in this manga that was maybe the most violent, uh, like visceral thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Which I, I actually like kind of recoiled from the page I was reading. I was like, whoa. And then when Walter got to it, he, he also made a sound like that. I was like, oh, I know what part you're at. Specifically the scene where a man gets his face ripped off by a bear. <laughs> Clean swipe from a claw. A impressively rendered depiction of like the yeah. claws like starting to sink into the face. Yeah. And then the next panel is like a slightly over the shoulder view as the face kind of hinges off um, the skull like a door. Yeah. (laughs) Lovely. It was just very memorably gross. It was, um, yeah. I mean, I think there were a couple other scenes like that, but that was the one that I definitely will stick with me. Yeah, you guys got to that point before I did, and I saw you tweet about (laughs) it, and I, I was like, oh, Spoilers. <laughs> this is what I have to get. This is this is what I have coming. So we have all these like brutal depictions of violence, and you know, as you said, it's not so much volume wise. Like, yeah, quantitatively, there's <clears throat> more violence and like berserk. berserk. But what we have, it's pretty gruesome. And I thought it was interesting how there's the one scene where the hunters. In the third volume, I believe, there's these hunters who are trying to get the wolf. Um, yeah. What's his name? Ratar? Ratar, yeah. And it's like revealed overnight that the wolf 
took a dump on this like deer carcass that they were using to yes. lure him out. And they like blurred that out. That was weird. Yeah. And I was wondering if that was like meant as a joke kind of. I don't know. I don't think so. I see. I that didn't strike me as a joke. I don't think that it's like straight up censorship because continuing from our last month, um, I read more Yu-Gi-Oh after <laughs> our last uh, book club because I love it so you, you brave human. Which, as Walter learned, has just more games where they kill serial killers and other crazy things. But without distracting too much by giving any context to this whatsoever, <laughs> there is like a depiction of poop in Yu-Gi-Oh! at one point. There, you just, there is oh, a panel okay. that shows poop. <laughs> so if that's like in a shonen comic and this is full-on sign-in, I... I I thought that it was maybe meant to be kind of funny, having it blurred out when everything I, else is pretty raw. I didn't think so because I didn't. Nothing else about that 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 whole scene was serious. Yeah, so I didn't I, really. I feel like there are definitely like instances of humor. In oh, for sure. Kamui, so yeah, I think that was kind of supposed to. I don't know. It's an interesting question. It struck me as funny, not just because like haha poop, but no, you love poop jokes. I mean, well, yeah, that too. No, I mean, most of the funny moments are with Sugimoto, Asirpa, and um, Shiraishi towards the, the end. King. Yeah, he's pretty cool. No, that, I mean, I was actually wondering about that. I, I forgot about it until you brought it up. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a weird censorship thing where it's something where they can't show that for some reason. Respect thing. I don't know. A lot of talk about poop on the podcast. There was quite a bit of talk about poop in Golden Kamui, too. That's true. And not all of it was for comedy, but a good bit of it was. <laughs> so how did you guys feel about the overall art style? I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty it, it doesn't really strike you as distinctive right away, but as I read more of it, I was like, yeah, this guy has a pretty kind of distinctive like realistic but distinctive style like mostly with people i mean the animals are pretty just kind of photorealistic um but i, I do really enjoy the way he draws people yeah the the animals are pretty realistic i actually thought it felt surprisingly cartoony like yeah like exaggerated faces. yeah very animated the juxtaposition of noda doing like very realistic nature scenes whether that's just foliage or animals as well um juxtaposed with the yeah very stylized kind of less detailed uh folks it's an interesting juxtaposition and it's one that's common in yeah. manga you know for sure on uh, that kind of contrast uh between people and nature but it, it's kind of more it's interesting how the animals are drawn in this way that they themselves, they're fairly realistic, um, much like the environments. And so therefore it kind of uh, emphasizes this distinction between man and nature, yeah. which is, you know, a pretty thematically relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my one sentence blurb for, describing this series would be like it's man versus wild meets food wars 
in the in Japan post Russo Japanese War because <laughs> a lot of it is about surviving in the wilderness in the cold, uh, learning about Ainu culture, and um, eating weird but delicious food. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the food angle. <laughs> the time that this like delved into like food wars territory. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I shouldn't call it weird, but I mean, you know, scavenged, hunted food, and then made delicious via spices and uh, like herbs. techniques, yeah. Asirpa's herbs and spices to rival uh, KFC. That's KFC, right? The, something the, like the that. Special herbs and spices. Yeah. yeah. Like anyway, that. <laughs> yeah. No, that that was cool. That and that was a lot of this um, between yes. the um, bear maulings, um, the uh, guys uh, samurai chopping each other up and uh, shooting each other, uh, and occasional silliness. Yes, I was, I was very surprised. I, you know, I didn't know too much of this going into it in the first place, but I was surprised by how much of that kind of semi-educational, educational is not the right word, but informative, yeah. informative yeah. Um, kind of style that we've seen in some other things that we've read. I wasn't expecting quite as much of that in this. Um, but yeah, a lot of this is very, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, Educational. Yeah, educational, both in terms of food and survival. As you said, you know, kind of think if instead of like, you know, the naughty, sexy parts of uh, food wars, instead all the food and survival stuff is punctuated by hyper-violence. Yeah, exactly. And that's the fan service. Um, It's like, man, it's been a while since we've seen a bear mauling. (laughs) And then it just comes out of... It it doesn't really come out of nowhere because usually you can kind of tell uh, what... Uh, you know, if they're in the forest and like nothing has happened for a while and there's some tension, they're probably going to run into a bear or other soldiers or something. It, it does make me wonder if we're like due for like a, a naked and afraid arc of Food Wars one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wait, I don't know what that is. What, it, what is that again? I've heard of it. Uh, is it just it, like I, other... I, I, I'm pretty sure it's like a a reality show, but that is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My sister has been watching that. I think (laughs) I was, I don't know if disappointed is the right word because I I'm sure that this comes later, but I felt like from what we read, the focus was more on that kind of survival stuff that it was still good and it was still interesting um, but comparatively little was about the Ainu culture. We got a bit. We got a bit. And, you know, a lot of the survival aspect is tied to that, of course. I feel like we got quite a bit. Maybe it's just because, I mean, we went to her village. Yeah, And sorry. there was a lot there. Yeah, sorry. I should, I should clarify. I meant in the sense of the interaction between... The Japanese oh, culture with the Ainu. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's more what I meant. Yes, no, we, okay. we did get We did get plenty of... Um, right. About T- tidbits history, yeah, the specific, but um, Which kind is of cool. the interaction between the two, uh, you know, we get a little bit of it with you know the derogatory ways that uh, folks refer to Aspira and such. Um, Osirpa. Osirpa. For the most part, that felt like I didn't really get too much insight in how the cultures interacted yeah. beyond, like you know racism is the it, same across the world. Yeah. I mean, it seemed pretty in like, some aspects. What we've read so far seemed pretty tame 
I mean, as far as like interactions go, Sukimoto seems very open-minded. Um, right. So, I mean, I'm not saying like this was a very naive portrayal of how um, uh, Japanese and Ainu interacted at this time. I don't know much about their interactions. I'm assuming there's been a lot of bad blood just because, I don't know, the interactions with indigenous people tend to not be good over centuries. <laughs> but when they're displaced and everything, yeah, uh, typically not well, happy after that. There, I mean, there's definitely, you can definitely tell that the Ainu have been uh, oppressed in certain ways. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm interested if, as the series progresses, if it will kind of touch on that more. I'm, I'm sure there's, yeah. cause you know, that's in some part that is a central conflict with um, yeah. her right. father and everything. Right. Murdered and murdered such. by the guy who was tattooing or right. ordered to have the uh, prisoners tattooed with the map to the treasure. Yeah. Um, so obviously, in some in some ways, the central conflict hinges on yeah. uh, that kind of intercultural yeah. uh, conflict as well. I, Just that wasn't explored too much in what we read for this. Yeah, I think my I guess my biggest complaint with it, I thought I thought overall the writing was very strong, but I didn't really think much happened in what we read if that makes sense like i mean i feel like they they advanced the you know tattoo map searching a bit but a lot of it was kind of these um kind of character building cultural information tidbit parts where they're in the, the forest and trying to survive um which were cool but i don't feel like we're in the meat of the actual real conflict yet yeah it's kind of still setting pieces up i, th I think we're just starting to get into it. You know, yeah. volume three ends like kind of at a bit of a cliffhanger. So could be developed more, could, could get more into the thick of it, so to speak. Yeah. I, I wasn't like terribly engaged or impressed. Um, really. Like I was pretty underwhelmed with the, the conceit of the like gold uh, search plot like I, I i don't know i just was not very interested in that and i i i liked the like survival aspects i thought that was like kind of interesting yeah. um but not maybe enough to like build a series around i mean that wasn't the core yeah. conceit anyway um, yeah. right. so i i was a little surprised that i like wasn't as into this considering how um kind of, i feel like it's it's getting a lot of attention and a lot of praise yeah um or at least the anime is right i feel like it could maybe run into the problem of kind of getting bogged down in, and i'm not saying you know talking about ainu culture is is bad or anything or making that the focus but i do feel like it could maybe get bogged down in like not knowing what it wants to do with that and it just mm -hmm. kind of being this like here's um cool stuff about the ainu um and kind of just using it as a backdrop and not really exploring it in a super interesting way. Right. Which is you um, know, similar with other kind of inf these other like informative series. So it's a common pitfall, whether, you know, sometimes food to continue the comparison, food wars, this can sometimes be an issue where the story gets kind of bogged down yeah, by the explanations and like for any sports manga, you know, sometimes uh, getting yeah. kind of too wrapped up in that, you know, it, Using fiction as a way to kind of impart information is, of course, important, but finding the balance yeah. is, um, can sometimes be difficult. And I, I think this did all right. I, I, it didn't bother me as mm -hmm. much as it seemed yeah. with you, Zach. 
It wasn't even like it, I would say that it really bothered me. It just didn't really grab me. It didn't really. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I do think I, it didn't really bother me either. But I do think there were times where it felt a little less organic. I mean, it was cute that Sugimoto started to use some I knew words and stuff. And I thought mm-hmm. is I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like the central one of the central plot elements will be acceptance of Ainu culture, at least for some of the main characters. But it seems like Sugimoto was cool with them from the start, so there, there's not really any conflict there. Yeah. I think maybe if there was a little bit more conflict between Asirpa and Sugimoto, it might be a little bit more a little bit more compelling. Um, not that I think they were bad characters or their interactions were bad, but I think I think there's just, uh, they're maybe a little too buddy-buddy uh, early on. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think that... Everybody seems to really like each other in, like, the main cast. Yeah, well, that's another, like, Sugimoto is, like, generally pretty likable, aside from the fact that he is, like, a brutal... He's kind of brutal, but, I mean, he he doesn't really, like, murder, well... He's, like, a Wolverine-type figure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best he is at what he does, and (laughs) what he does is eat wildlife. Yeah. I, I thought he was yeah I think I mean there was like something I like I liked this I, I really quite liked reading it but I feel like there's something keeping me from really liking it I don't know what it is like I think there's some kind of conflict thing missing or a dramatic element I don't know yeah I think you might be on the mark of that yeah kind of having some like internal I mean I guess we do have Sugimoto leave yeah at one point, that's a little bit. But that was pretty tame. Th- yeah, overall. it was very tame. I-, I do think, yeah, there's probably something missing in terms of like the internal right mechanics of the group. I also was kind of hoping there would be more political stuff with the war, I guess. Um, I thought maybe they would delve into like kind of make a I thought that the maybe one of the points of setting this in the wilderness was kind of like, OK, well, Sugimoto has replaced the savagery of the battlefield with the savagery of just being in the wild. I mean, that's a very kind of surface level observation, but they don't, they haven't really done anything with that yet. Um, However, there was an interesting scene in the third volume where um, it's the wolf hunter and his assistant, just the guy, his, his comrade traveling with him uh, talks about how his people, I think it's like they make prayers for the bears they kill. And he was saying how he didn't do that for the soldiers that, the enemy soldiers that he murdered uh, or well, I killed murdered. Uh, I guess we could argue about that later. That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a huge topic. Uh, but at any rate, you know, he was kind of concerned that he didn't do that for human beings. So I thought that was actually a really cool scene. And I was like, maybe they're going somewhere with that. But I mean, they didn't really do anything else with it uh, in the rest of the volume. Um, maybe, maybe I was hoping for something a little bit more morally interesting regarding war and, trauma and then you getting you know having to deal with with stuff and uh having to deal with surviving in the wild there, there was that scene though of sugimoto seeing the deer running at him and the deer turned into him as yeah. he, he saw it turn into him as it ran away but i didn't really know what that was supposed to mean <laughs> yeah there were, there were a couple like i guess what i'm trying to say there were a couple scenes that, that i wish they would have just done more with dramatically maybe yeah i think for this being you know seinen um you know, it certainly got the violence and such, but you know that plus like theme. I, I guess, I, I guess, yeah, maybe I was looking for a little bit more like emotional depth or I think thematic depth. Yeah, thematic depth was was yeah. lacking a little bit. We have, we have some. It's certainly interesting. For oh yeah, like, in certain ways, but yeah, there it doesn't seem particularly 
deep so far. Yeah, like for example, Vinland Saga, which I think is probably the closest in feel to this that yeah, we've read this so is far. Very similar Vinland to Saga definitely had a very kind of I mean, it wasn't like super deep or anything, but it was definitely a better like dramatic hook of like uh, the cycle of violence in you know 11th century Netherlands. Um, wait, they are Norway around there, Northern Europe, um, Scandinavia, Scandinavia, yeah. They, um, the, anyway, it, yeah, they were they were around there, <laughs> 11th century Europe. Um, I just think, yeah, there, and also we we kind of deal with less people. It's it's mostly just like plot stuff, I guess. Is like it's it's mostly plot. There's not there's not a lot of deeper emotional or thematic stuff happening. Not that it's bad, but like I guess I expected more because it got so much. It has so much buzz. I, I liked it quite a bit, though. Still, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess read. I'm I'm probably of the three of us the most disconnected from the buzz, so to speak. So I didn't. I I really didn't even. Don't think I've heard of this until um, you picked it last month. So for mm-hmm. me, I guess I don't feel that let down. Yeah. Because I didn't really know about it to begin with. I hadn't heard about it. So maybe that's why for me it's not as, you know, I liked it well. I Yeah, no, and I wouldn't even really say I was let down. I think that as I was reading it, I was like, this is really solid. You know, I'm like, this art's really solid. The writing's good. Um, the characters are good. But then it was just, it just kind of stopped at solid. Yeah, I think like really, I think it really has, solid. I think it has good fundamentals. Yeah, it's polished, it's solid, but it's not doing as much as I want. After it kind of impressed me with like, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is good. And then I was like, I thought there was more to it than this. <laughs> Maybe there is. Maybe there is later on. So probably read more eventually. But as we are now spoiled with the Shonen Jump subscription of like, you know, if we read something from that, we have you know, with our yearly subscription, we can read a. Uh, a ton more stuff. Um, with, with Golden Kamui, I would have to buy more, <laughs> um, which I might eventually. Yeah. I know I always say this. Can we talk about that too really quick? Just the value aspect now, uh, like how Weekly Shonen Jump, I don't, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but that I feel like that factors into my judgment too, where it's like, oh, I'm reading yeah. this thing that I'm paying full price for versus this other thing that I think is very good that I'm getting for pennies yeah it's an interesting debacle or not debacle dilemma. <laughs> um, an interesting dilemma of like in, entitlement is this is the wrong word but i guess you could make an argument yeah value and and yeah perceived value i guess yeah like you know to go across in another section of the comics medium like for example with Marvel's comics since they've since I got, you know, their unlimited streaming app, I almost never actually buy any Marvel comics. I just wait for them to show up there. Some exceptions, but for the most part it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, I'm basically already paying for this, you know, half a month later anyway, so I might as well read it then. So yeah, it and this is this is of course different in that this is stuff we won't have access to because, you know, this this isn't part of that right. um, service. But it does make it that kind of assessing of... Will the, I read more yeah, the anytime worth, soon? Yeah, the what you should spend on. And, like, the kind of... On the one hand, it means that some, like, better stuff I won't read. Whereas, on the, as I said, 
I read, you know, a bunch more Yu-Gi-Oh that I, I wouldn't have like gone out and bought the actual like volumes for probably. Right. I didn't enjoy it that much, but since it's, it's there and I'm, you know, th- yeah, the weighing of the options is difficult. Accessibility wise. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the, the Marvel unlimited thing because it is, a, it's a really similar thing. We've talked about that a bit on DC three cast and like the valuation or like devaluation, um, like print mm-hmm. and, and non streaming or, or, buffet style whatever you want to call it yeah yeah it's it's an interesting issue it's especially uh, it's it, it becomes especially um com- complicated if you think about creators like urasawa um who does not want to ever i guess have his stuff digitally available which on the one hand it's like you want to respect that he has that that power as a creator to say what he wants to do with his own works on the other hand i'm like Urasawa, I want to buy all your stuff, but I only have so much space. However, I mean, his, I think in this case, since I respect him so much as a creator, I'm like, that's fine. You, you do what you want to do. That's a, Um, uh, yeah. It's still disappointing. That's a good point too. And I mean, I, I agree. I think that like the Urasawas are even more like the more, like more recently, like, um, Asano stuff. Um, like Mm. I feel fine buying, Goodnight Pun Pun or um, Dead Dead Demon or something like that because it feels really prestigious and like something I would want <clears> on <throat> my shelf, whereas I don't necessarily feel that about Golden Camoy. Yeah, I hear you. Any other thoughts? Uh, I liked it. It's very solid. But, but I kind of, after talking with you guys, a certain something. It's, it's like missing something. I don't know what it is, really. I can't say. Um, maybe that that materializes later. Um, definitely liked what we read. It's still very new. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. there's only like eight volumes total in the right. US right now. Right. So we've, we've read only a little, we've read a little under half of it. And of course, like these reviews we give are not definitive in any way, just, just kind of our impressions, but my yeah. Word, my word is infallible. You can say right now, the golden Kamui is like a 6.5 and it won't change. That's no. objective fact. Well, I guess next, kind of on that uh, topic of the availability of the Shonen Jump vault, uh, next month we are going to be talking about Bakuman. This is by uh, Sugumi Oba and Takeshi Obata. You might know them as well as the team behind Death Note, which we've talked about adjacently. We talked about the... uh, (laughs) The awesome movie, The the American... So good. With Light Turner. Oh, man. It's so funny, that Death Note movie, because since we have watched that, I have gone on to watch The Leftovers and Atlanta, which features uh, <laughs> cast members of... Uh, there's, like, crossover there. <laughs> and those are, like, two of my favorite shows now. And, and then... I the hear thing, they're great. <laughs> um, I, I, it, I can't remember the... The actors and actresses names off the top of my head but um yeah i saw them first in death note so there's that <laughs> great place to see them would probably really make you want to see the rest of their work yeah. for sure so bakuman is uh one of those kind of comics about comics it's about uh two would-be comic creators mangaka and so it's kind of a grounded 
or at least my understanding, I have not read it myself, but as somewhat like kind of ground, but probably uh, stylized to some extent. Um, idealized. Yeah, idealized. That's the better word. Um, kind of look at the trials and tribulations of attempting to enter the manga industry. So it's pretty widely acclaimed. Um, I'm pretty sure none of us have read any of it. I've not. Yeah, same. Oba and Obata have certainly shown themselves to be quite talented. And looking forward to seeing how this is, since it qu- sounds quite different from Death Note. I'm sure we'll see a Shinigami appear out of nowhere. It's, it's, actu- it's actually the uh, secret the sequel. sequel to Death Note. Um, they draw in the Death Note. They make Death Note, and they, they write Death Note. Whoa. You're blowing my mind here. <laughs> This is some Satoshi Kon yes. opus shit. Yeah. All right, so we'll take a brief break and then be back to talk about some of the newest chapters in Shonen Jump. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, my wife, bad Dandadio impressions, this is bad, what the f***, and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us all right welcome back uh, we're at the second half of the show where as usual except for last month we talk about uh shonen jump offerings this week probably the series that well this month the series that probably stuck out to us the most was my hero academia definitely some big big revelations going on um Huge. about the nature of one for all and what it can do for Midoriya. And it's interesting. And I think there's also, there's room for debates about whether or not this is going to be good for this series. I think, I think it'll probably be entertaining, but it, as a plot thing, it's kind of cheap. Yeah. I think, um, I I mean, I think it could lead to a lot of cheap, uh, outs yeah a a quick rundown is that basically one for all another effect of it is that it gives its user the quirks of those who have had it before we've just now learned this and he's just now unlocked one one of those he's getting like all seven i think they said he's getting or however i forget the exact number Uh, he's getting a couple um And I guess this was supposed to be a big, whoa, what the fuck moment. Um, and it certainly was. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, Midoriya was kind of already on the track to be like the most powerful character. I mean, he is the shonen hero. But I mean, this kind of almost seems like overkill. Yeah. Except, I mean, I know he has to control it. But still, it's, I can see now, I mean, you know, caveat, the eternal caveat of like, I'm sure this is very exciting for 14 year olds. Um <laughs> You know, this that is the background thing, but I mean, you know, we're looking at it like we do and saying, well, I mean, it could be cool, but it's probably going to be used as a 
deus ex machina more often than or more likely than not yeah that's my main concern is i can see it easily being used as a way for horikoshi to write himself out of a corner like uh hmm, yeah what do, what do i do now at this point oh well if one of these powers is blank then this can happen right. um and you know just kind of busting out the powers when convenient now it it that could be unfair he i'm certainly possible perhaps even likely that you know he knows explicitly what each of these are going to be but i'm just a little hesitant about it yeah for sure and also the never-ending um training arc with the other students is kind of getting a little long it doesn't make it any better i (laughs) mean as we all know i am the dressrosa defender of one piece which is an infamously long arc but I mean, longer this than most Western comic series. But I think Big Mom technically was longer. At any rate, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing with My Hero Academia is that these training arcs with the other students, like, I get why they're done. They're fine. I mean, they're in school. They have to train with each other. But it, they just, I feel like a lot of the time they kind of tread water. And to be honest, Horikoshi's action scenes are never very clear. Uh, so I kind of have a hard time following them to begin with. And also just it kind of highlights how little... I think he underuses his villains. Um, and I'm kind of sitting here watching him fight, watching you know Midoriya and everyone else fight the other students. And I'm like, oh, I wish they were fighting Shigaraki or Overhaul or something instead of just each other for a while. And it's like, like I said, like I get the purpose of it. I get why it's there as a plot thing, but it, this is a bit long. I wanted to read Heroes Fighting Heroes. I'd read Marvel Comics circa 2005 to, like, 2012. Anyway, that Burn. is a bad joke. Um, I thought you were going to say Heroes in Crisis, and I wasn't even, I couldn't too. even remember. You could if... do that, yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing that I like about this is the, uh, I don't, I think the power thing is, like, kind of, very it's just like very shonen it's it is it'll be like yeah. yeah there'll be some like big pump up moments i do like that aspect of like the of like one for all where he can like talk to the previous yeah yeah i like that, that part of it a lot yeah yeah that was cool and i kind of wish that uh, what i kind of wish one for all uh was was that like it was this power but like everybody maybe used it in a different way and they could give him tips on it maybe or other insight but this thing where he's going to get like all these powers I'm like that's going to get messy my dude like <laughs> it also feels like very out of left field it feels like it was like shock value time <laughs> right it, it doesn't feel like an organic development in the story now maybe if i went back and reread some stuff maybe there are hints of it but i don't know yeah I also, um, this is a thing I've been talking about on Twitter. I'm probably the only one that thinks this, but there's a character that they are currently fighting against. Um, another student, um, Momoda? Yeah, so he always, I always thought he had, the way he talks and stuff, and even the way he looks, he looks kind of evil. I am, like, gunning for him to just, like, turn into a villain. Because, like, uh, Monoma, Monoma, sorry. (laughs) I think I think I was thinking of I don't know Moata is another character from something else. Um, yeah. At any rate, like yeah, because like like I said, like for a while people thought you know Bakugo. There was that scene where Bakugo got or that that arc where Bakugo got kidnapped by Shigaraki and um, some of the other League of Villains people, and uh, he obviously kind of um, 
in kind of a cool scene, he kind of rejected them and uh, proved that even though he was kind of a douchebag asshole, um, he was he still wanted to just be a hero. He looked up to All Might, which I guess I guess makes sense um, with how his character's been developing. But this um, he wanted to be a hero like Sambir. Sambir, oh man! If we talk about that, we're just gonna start <laughs> laughing again. Yeah, but Monoma, like, the way he's been talking, I, I was, these past couple of chapters, I'm like, he's been having some, like, legit proto-villain speeches to me, and I'm like, it would be really cool if they just made him a villain. I don't know, I'm probably the only one that thinks that, but I think I think it would I think be, like, a pretty, cool... I think it's a fair inference that that from, is what Horikoshi is setting up in some form. Yeah. Or that perhaps he just, if not full-on villain, he might make some choice right. at some point that is villainous. villainous yeah. The idea of like a villain character in like a school setting it's like how how villainous would he make him? Not that you like can't have a good villain character but they're the way that they're the kids have been portrayed so far are as like being like fairly innocent and, and right. that would be like a turning point I feel like. like yeah. He might make some selfish decision at yeah. some point. Because he's got, you know, this kind of inferiority complex with the class A mm-hmm. folks. Yeah, this, I should, yeah, I should have said this guy's a class B guy. And I think some of these people were kind of, like, chosen later because their quirks weren't really made for heroism. Um, same with Shinzo. Um, his is the brainwashing. He, he has the brainwashing quirk. And you have to imagine, like, how someone like that could think like how am i going to use this for good <laughs> this is like a really evil power <laughs> which i think is cool and i wish i i like when the series explores that more and they did it a little bit with him um but yeah like that's that's mostly why i want to see something like that happen just because i i like this kind of uh, focusing on characters where their quirks are kind of a burden as far as like being heroes um and like how they would either get around that or kind of just like give into it and be like maybe i should just be bad i don't know I mean, I know that's not how you turn evil, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, um, this this ele- this uh, this plot development. I'm not saying it's like a deal breaker or anything, but I kind of just imagine it being like a get out of jail free card. Yeah. For Deku, it just seems like it could be too much. Yeah. I w- I was also hoping to see more with it. It looked like where they were going at first before this reveal came up about his uh, the different powers was with him once again like kind of freaking out and losing control i thought they were going to do something with uh shinzo using his brainwashing powers to kind of get it under control but that didn't end up happening i think he just used it to distract him yeah i think that i wasn't really clear on what what he did yeah wasn't uh i think it like controlled his it it manipulated his body into not right going overboard There were also some uh, pretty interesting developments in Promise Neverland, including a joke that was previously made on the show being half right. This is like going back to our like er very early days, I think. This was like an early prediction. Yeah. For the real manga club heads out there. True fans. For for our boy, uh, Funnies Man. Funnies Man, if you remember. Funnies man, this is for you. Well, I I, th- I might have talked about it. I, I honestly can't remember if I said this exactly on the podcast or if I was just talking to Walter off mic about it. But 
uh, I said something about how it would be really cool if, um, because Norman has been gone for so long. Spoilers, Norman's back. Um, it only took almost 100 chapters in like two years or something like that. I was saying how it would be cool with all this William Minerva talk if like somehow Norman was William Minerva and the chapter where it was revealed that the person they were referring to as William Minerva was Norman, I freaked out and said, oh my God, it's, it's time travel. How, how was I right about this? But then of course the answer was just that he was using the name William Minerva. He wasn't actually the guy. And I was like, oh, why didn't that occur to me? Too many time travel video games are uh, poisoning my mind, clearly. We have played a lot of those. Yeah. It's a, it's a very popular mechanic. Oh yeah. Story trope. You can't just be assuming someone's name. Like, if you say you're someone else, you have to be them from the future. <laughs> Your consciousness has to be moving around or something like that. You have to but, astral project into their body. Astral project. Uh, yeah. Uh, but no. Um, it's So it's been revealed that uh, Norman is uh, taking the name William Minerva to, I guess, lore. Well, lore is... The hashtag resistance. The hashtag... What was that stupid Twitter account that was like rebel... Secretary of State, or oh it? yeah, <laughs> oh, what were those called? God, that seems oh, a, a huge. It's a huge tangent. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I know. Rogue, 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 rogue. Yeah. Okay, so farmer. This is know. the rogue um, orphanage. Um, <laughs> That's it. Talking about what's really going on with the demons and how they're not so great. Um, so gonna subtweet the demons on Twitter. Yeah, totally. Norman uh, kind of lured them there. I mean, like I said, lore is kind of a. Sounds like a derogatory word, but I guess that's the best way I can help guide them there by using this name, William Minerva, um, to where he was. And he kind of explains the nature of how the demons are and that they actually need to eat people to keep their forms. Uh, otherwise, they just turn back into, like, I guess, goops of um, uh, inanimate matter. Basically, the symbiote <laughs> from uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Sure. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, as, as of this recording, that's the most recent uh, chapter was kind of the lore dump of... Yeah, um, it was just a lore dump. Yeah, and it was good. Um, and it was interesting. Kind of, compl- at this point, I think kind of like at the beginning, there was like a vagueness about like this... The demons, although they're being called demons, is there like kind of like a supernatural quasi like religious like demon and demon and like you know the kind of demonology right aspect to them or are they just kind of su- more sci-fi and so at this point it's pretty much confirmed it's, they're just animals yeah it's purely yeah. like a sci-fi type evolution thing, uh kind of thing yeah rather than fantasy which it's always leaned that yeah. way more anyway. Yeah, with the wild demons, which was a cool, I guess, explanation of the wild demons were eating bad meat. They weren't eating humans right. as much as the the smart demons like Luvis were eating high quality children. Mm. And um, the best. You know, like uh, making like Hannibal esque meals out of out of people, and um, and that's how they were able to maintain their um, intelligence. And their, I guess, their stronger abilities, shapes, what have you. So yeah, with this new knowledge, I guess what Norman uh, suggests they do is that they are going to shut down the farm so that they don't have any food. They don't have any high quality food. Kind of revert um, back to their more primal state. Going to get rid of those farms and those um, those free range kids, and um, make them eat like 
crappy like i guess make them just eat mcdonald's yeah the rest of their life that is basically like as well as like with the kids that that is kind of something they're kind of getting at with this uh, most recent one that they're like some of these farms it's more like yeah mass produced and so yeah some of these demons are kind of living off of a diet of like the equivalent of mcdonald's but made of children and they, then, the then we've got like the heavy gmo ones too yeah. so, yeah. what, what is the name of that They've, oh uh, um Zazie? the that's super, the, the, that's guy the with new the, character yeah is that, i forget it's the lambda name of the, farm i think right 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 yeah. yeah lambda farm it's like it's like if you gave cows like intelligence tests and like the cow only the cows that were able to like multiply and divide were allowed to be slaughtered or like the the cows that were like telekinetic or <laughs> or, like, or no i guess a better i guess yeah, or i guess a better a better comparison would be like only the cows that like could do that would be served at like ruth chris steakhouse and the cows that couldn't are just mcdonald's patties <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah that that's uh that struck me as interesting how like i think that some with some of these like kind of mass produced uh farm children um well, i'm talking to... about those those children raised for food yep um like i guess that is kind of leading to like some mild regression so they're trying to kind of the demons are trying to counteract that a bit finding a way to mass produce with that as you said like kind of gmo uh zach um still being able to mass produce but having quality to them do you remember oh man i just thought do you remember a a while back ago there were those demons that helped them yes yeah so eat humans supposedly yes that's that is an interesting point because how are they smart right (laughs) do we think that's a plot Uh hole or do you think they were lying um, there might be more we don't know. You're right. Maybe. I mean, I'm not gonna because I think there. I, I forget. It's I might go since now it's easy on the vault. Yeah, I try and go back and find those chapters because I remember there being some sort of insinuation that there might have been more there than they reveal. Yeah, yeah. There, I can't remember I'm, what, but there was like I, I vaguely yeah. remember something. I think so too. Yeah, I don't think I want to call it a plot hole prematurely um i mean if they don't explain it that would certainly be something that is like well okay whatever um (laughs) but yeah no that's a good that's a good um good memory i forgot about those guys i mean i didn't really but i mean they haven't seen them they haven't been relevant for so long yeah yeah and so i guess as uh we're once again kind of left with this most recent chapter with a pretty strong sense of direction of where mm-hmm. the series is going from here um it's pretty much kind of the same thing i mean they have to like well they pretty much have to free every farm now yeah that's the plan <laughs> yeah which you know to be the, fair figured that was really going to be the case yeah it probably wasn't going wasn't to end gonna, just saving one farm. grace they weren't going to just save grace field house they had just to save like, all right all time to leave yeah yeah you guys should have been born in a different farm so now the hunters become the hunted. Oh wait, that already happened. They already played the most dangerous game with the demons. Yeah. One other series we wanted to talk about from this past month is 
a usual favorite of ours, Food Wars. But I say usual because I know Zach, at least. Zach, how are you feeling about this current arc? I don't like it. I feel like it's... Uh, Okay, so the Food Wars formula is like pretty much set in stone. Um, And I feel like this arc is trying to spice it up with these like gimmicky noir chefs. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, I, to me, just to me, it feels like it's like dangerously close to jumping the shark a little bit, which mm-hmm. is a, a bad cliche. But like, especially the like, there was the chapter. I actually think it was last month, but we didn't talk about it. Where the chef with the chainsaw sword, yeah, made a meringue by like using the chainsaw to whip the egg whites. Yeah, and, and which is uh... <laughs> <laughs> we are just you are discussing this so seriously. It's great. <laughs> I, that, really I was it. just like, what is what is happening? And then uh, there was the like clown who like oh juggled a hot ball to cook. I meat. actually that I actually was like, no, food wars, no. <laughs> like the so so the chainsaw chef. I I actually. For some reason, like, that didn't bother me, but, like, the clown, I was like, I can't, I, I think if what, I, I kind of see what where you're going with that, though, like, I, I'm with you in that, like, there's kind of, like, been, like, a, what's the word, like, a, um, I can't think of the word, it's in movies when, like, not a collage, a, um, montage, shit, <laughs> yeah, montage, like, if they're, if they're gonna start having montage of a bunch of goofy chefs, like, that would suck, like, if, like, a, a clown guy, a bunny girl, like, that was dumb, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot the yeah. bunny girl. Yeah, like, I'm with you, I, I get what you're saying there, yeah. yeah um, it, it's always been, you know, a bit ridiculous, but I think it's really pushing that it, a bit I, too far. I like the idea of the underworld chefs. But I think now they're just like, okay, now we're just going to make them, like, video game bosses. Like, for some yeah. reason, like, like uh, the clown, yeah, the clown, the bunny girl. For some reason, Chainsaw Girl didn't bother me because she got a little bit more, she didn't have, like, a, well, I mean, I guess she was dressed, like, German, <laughs> I'm going to say German officer in a certain, <laughs> in a certain war that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, you know, the whole noir concept itself is ridiculous and like it's out there enough i i thought it was fine yeah, for yeah food it's, wars. It's, it's good like you know it's it's out there in the way that food wars usually is like i think that that alone was good enough and now pushing it even further it's kind of it's like, getting a little too goofy maybe. yeah yeah and i think this goes back to how we talked about when um there was this after they like all came on the uh Council. You were like, is this time for it to end now? Because, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, it was feeling like there, there might, there was a risk of this happening, I think. Yeah, right. And yeah. at first it was, at first it was looking like, okay, they're, they're still able to kind of like make this work even with them and this role with that, you know, really good kind of sub arc that started it off. Um, oh, that guy was awesome. The um, yeah. when uh, Megumi made him the uh, perfect Japanese like right. uh, comfy meal. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Yeah, and, and again, like then, the only ridiculousness with that guy whose name I forget was that. He, yeah, he was. He, he was you know this noir chef, which is like a bit silly, but you know it still worked. He didn't really like have like any like super crazy gimmick as far as I remember. I thought it was just going to be like them facing off against like Godfather people from the Godfather. Yeah. 
epic respect in, guys. yeah epic respect in in, in uh, competitions of epic respect and um being it will be really, a story it's a, it'll be a story about how being in the mafia is, is good really cool and honorable but yeah i i also don't really like saiba at all i i think he really pales in comparison to asami who was great and honestly probably should have been like the final villain yeah. of food wars um i mean he's related to nakiri you know i mean uh, he has he's huge in the plot and now he just kind of and and that plot that that arc overall was really cool um and it ended satisfyingly but i'm like maybe that should have been the end of the series i don't know because <laughs> how are they going to make this better i don't really care about this cyber guy i mean he's not he he looks too much like soma to be really intimidating he i mean he like is dark soma kind of yeah like, he's like, like he's like nega he's like dark sora you know in yeah. Kingdom Hearts when you die and you become nega, the nega scott yeah, Negascott, yeah. With Venetus to his Ventus. Yeah. And like, <laughs> there you go. I wish I could remember the, the poem that, oh, that Xehanort says. I just listened to it today. <laughs> oh, something from, something, from something from Darkness, Riven, the name Venetus, you will be given. Or, yeah. Venetus. Whatever. <laughs> it's very good. You know what? So- somebody who looks like Xehanort wouldn't be out of place in this in this fucking tournament. That's true. Oh, no. um, I thought, I, I mean, I guess I... This is going to sound weird, but I kind of read Food Wars on autopilot. Like, yeah. I kind of just accept everything. But you're right. Like, the thing with the clown, I looked at Walter. I was like, no, I don't like this clown <laughs> shit. Um, the clown was ugly, and it, it looked too much like a fake person, I guess, if that's what I'm... Like, it, <laughs> Like I, like I, oh. I know that sounds ridiculous and how people, but like most of the people in Food Wars look like they could be, sort of real people. Yeah, I mean, like even but, the ones with gimmicks are like. Yeah. There's a Food Wars gimmick, like an established food, and this felt like something different. I think that's yes. like what was jarring to me. Yes, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, most you know, there's certainly been like lots of people with gimmicks, but they feel. They feel grounded enough in reality, stretched to a certain point that it doesn't like. It's not. It doesn't like make you go like. Yeah, this was like full pro wrestling. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it had everybody. Yeah, it was like we had these personalities that that were kind of just one offs, without really being that endearing. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, I guess the the big the big uh, mystery behind this is like, who is, who is like fronting this whole thing? Who is, um, who is the person behind the, uh, the man behind the curtain as it were? Who is the master of masters to Soma's Sora? Master of masters. I thought that was like way back in the lore. Anyway, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts podcast. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> oh. Um, Getting too distracted on. Kingdom I feel Hearts like I Eve. had something else. I think. Oh, I was gonna say that um, Saiba's thing of like taking their their main tool that they used to cook was yeah. kind of cool, and that felt more food warsy. It felt but... more, but it also felt like because there was that guy who whose gim- whose gimmick was uh, who's one of their friends. Oh, no, like, like Tsukasa. Yeah, the Tracy. Tsukasa. Oh n- no, not Tsukasa. I forget. Oh, the guy who could like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he stole from that guy. I don't think he uh, beat that guy. No, but I, I'm saying that this like feels. It's not exactly the same thing, but it feels very similar to that. 
I see what Instead you're copying yeah. one thing, he's copying two things I, and combining them. I like feel like it's trying too hard to make him seem really badass or something. Like right. he, they showed him with his like a uh, bandolier, or whatever, like his belt of uh, knives. Knives, and stuff. yeah. Oh um, man, he's basically um, Zachary Quinto's character from Heroes. I never really watched Heroes. Sorry. Yeah, me neither. Oh, wow. Was that another? Was that another Damon Lindelof though? No, who it was that? not. He that well. I think um, who who did oh, the other that? guy? Oh, Tim. That was Tim Kring. Was he? Okay. For some reason, I thought some guy related to Lost was on that, but never mind. I guess those were the big three for yeah this month. I mean, Zach and I both. I think we've discussed this point before. Black Clover. I just feel like it's continuing this like feeling of continuous rising action that so much is happening that it feels like nothing is happening. It happens a lot in Shonen, though. I have no idea what's going on. I can't keep track of any of the characters anymore, uh, especially like outside of the Black Bull characters. I'm lost. Like if anyone, yeah. if any other character comes on, I'm, I'm like, I, have I seen you before? I don't know. Especially I with, can, you know, yeah. them being like, you know, some of them being possessed and such. Yes. It's like, that makes it even worse. I can't remember who's been possessed. Yeah. Um, oh my god! I, I literally le- read like each individual chapter as if it's the first time I'm picking up the book. Is what it feels yeah. like. It, it's it's That's just crazy. a mess. The, this arc is just bonkers. A bit too much. The art is still really good. I think. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, especially when uh, it gets to some flashy stuff with the magic and that that's always impressive but uh-huh. uh, it's just a hmm. bit of a disaster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good sounds like it's going well hearty endorsement <laughs> i uh i really intended to go back and pick up some uh some of like the the newer running books things like uh or like returning books things like that we talked about high q act age those sorts of things but i didn't Hmm. Maybe next time. Yeah, we had a little bit less than a month this time since we recorded late, so that, that's yeah. got some more yeah. time to catch I up. Th- I thought of the newer series. I thought Neolation had one of the better, I guess, continuing things going on. Yeah, I think as we um, talked about last month, that's. I, cool. I think I still feel of those new ones, that's the strongest. Yeah. Especially the latest chapter with its whole kind of weird like social media well i mean it was like ai ai thing yeah commentary Um, yeah ghost in the shell-esque dr stone is i i mean i'm still enjoying it feel like there's not too much to say i I, I do like this new addition to the uh captain whose name i forget ryusui something like that it's like ryusui something like that um i think he's a fun addition to the cast yeah yeah Um, agreed but I I think Doctor Stone more so than almost any of these other, even more so than like Food Wars, which you could just say like is an excuse to just draw food and like sexy women. Um, <laughs> I feel like Doctor Stone is kind of just an excuse to be like, let's talk about this science thing now, right? Um, which like because it, it really goes back to what we discussed with Golden Town. I, I mean, it makes the plot bend over backwards just for this next thing we're gonna talk yes. about really hard i mean and that's it's entertaining but i mean i really can't 
I mean, Golden Kamali doesn't get nearly this bad. <laughs> right. It, but, it, does, um, it doesn't feel like there's much of an arc to Dr. Stone. No, just there's kind of, nothing. Just kind of going off. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's entertaining for sure. Um, go off, Doctor. Go um, off, King. How is Boruto, Zach? Oh, he's still a very good boy. Um, <laughs> his dad's also great. Um, I, I saw um, that there's actually going to be a spinoff manga of Boruto about this guy named Naruto um, and his friends. Did you all see that? Man, I... I don't know. I could have sworn that came out a while ago, though. I realize that that might have sounded like a joke, but there actually is like <laughs> a there's like a new manga about like Naruto and the adults. I, I think it might just be like a short thing. Boruto two, Naruto yeah. three. <laughs> as long as it has, has Kakashi continuing reading his um favorite erotic oh, I'm, series, I'm sure he's in it. I'm sure he's in it. <laughs> But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure when that's supposed to start running because I think they're doing an anime adaptation of it too. Um, not I'd surprising. Have to, I'd have to go look at that. But yeah, more um, apparently more um, Naruto, Boruto yeah. goodness. Um, really leaning into making it in a Dragon Ball-like empire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got pretty close already. Oh yeah, yeah. It was I mean, certainly it's, huge. Yeah. Especially here. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it last time, but like uh, in around Christmas, um, Kishimoto showed off some of his new manga that's going to be running in Shonen Jump soon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. What was it? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it looks like a it's like a sci-fi samurai type thing. Oh. Um, yeah, it could be neat. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. That should be interesting. I'm yeah, definitely looking called, forward to yeah, that. Yeah, it's called Samurai 8. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it looks pretty fun. I'm not sure when it's supposed to start serializing sometime this year, but um yeah, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be fun. Yeah. One Piece is still doing well. Just thought I'd say that. <laughs> no one asked, but it's doing well. Um I mean the, the the plot is just kind of still progressing i know that doesn't sound very interesting but i mean they're still just kind of doing exploring wano and your favorite character's back Fuck. yeah big mom appeared i don't want to get into it but she she i don't know for some reason this felt a little messy because like the way the big mom arc ended i'll just try to say this as quick as possible the way the big mom arc ended felt like we weren't gonna see big mom for a long time and, you know, now, like, what, 15 weeks later, which is, like, nothing in One Piece time, <laughs> uh, one Big Mom came back to, like, attack the island, but she got, like, knocked off course or something. And I'm like, why couldn't this just happen with someone cool like Doflamingo or Crocodile? But we probably won't see them for another two years. And we'll probably see Big Mom constantly now. Um, She's going to join the Straw Hats. <sighs> I, I would stop reading One Piece. <laughs> that I keep saying like there's nothing that would make me stop reading it at this point, but I probably would if that happened. Um, it's not going to happen. I don't think he'd be that stupid. Yeah, there's also going to be a One Piece movie soon. Um, a new one. Another one. I forget what it's called, but um, I think it's coming out later this year. Um, I still have to watch Film Gold, which I bought at Otakon like a year ago or two years maybe. <laughs> I, I every time I go to cons, I buy like five things and don't watch them and i still have stuff from like four years ago that i haven't even opened 
That is the that seems that, to be the tale that's of many. The life though. of a fan. Yeah, yeah. A true fan. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, I think that's a good note to end on. Um, we are going to be reading Bakuman next month. For those of you that skipped to just the second half, maybe there's some of you. I don't know. Just in case, in case you in case you missed our initial discussion, you wouldn't know. So there you go. Talking about Bakuman next month. Um, Any amount of chapters in prob- particular? Probably, you know, our usual couple three, three volumes, volumes worth or so. Okay. Uh, with the whole change in service um, figure, we can be a little more loose about that. Read to however, whatever works out for everybody, whatever okay. feels more natural. Not to revisit our earlier book club too much, but I guess that was part of like the issue with uh, Golden Kamoy. We kind of like ended kind of mid yeah. action. It can be kind of hard to gauge when you haven't read something, if that is a good swapping point. Right. Um, so we kind of just use three volumes as a rule of, to- of rule of rule of tongue. Yeah. That's something people say <laughs> rule, of, <laughs> rule of thumb uh, for uh, like just kind of reading stuff, uh, getting impressions on it. But yeah, with, with the, sh- like Walter said, with the Shonen Jump model as it is now, we can kind of be a little bit more flexible with how much we read. All right. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, Goodbye to a shoe. Uh, I'm at uh, Cosmos, of course. And I'm at Wilker Fox. All right. We'll see you all next month. Bye.